Welcome to the Pemberley Podcast, a podcast where we discuss Jane Austen adaptations, now covering Incense and Sensibility by Sonali Dev. I'm Yolanda Rodriguez. And I'm Jillian Davis. We're proud partners of the Frolic Podcast Network, a community made up of your favorite voices in all of Romancelandia and beyond. Keep up with us on Twitter and Instagram at the Pemberley, and you can email us at thepemberleypodcast at gmail.com. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another exciting episode of the Pemberley Podcast. Before we dive into uh, chapters 10, 11, and 12 of Incense and Sensibility, we're going to tell you a little bit about what we're reading and watching. Yolanda, do you want to start with what you're watching right now? Yeah, so currently, and I think I've talked about this probably like years ago, I'm rewatching Younger, uh, which is a TV land show and now on Paramount. Basically, the premise of the show is this 40-year-old recently divorced mom is trying to get back into the publishing world, back into working again, and not able to find a job anywhere because she is too old and that's awful. Yep. She happens to meet like this really younger guy at a bar who thinks she's like 26. Her best friend kind of convinces her like, why don't you run with that? Why don't you just pretend you're 26? And it works. And so she manages to get an assistant job at a publishing company and she starts to kind of work her way up. And so it's really just following her, trying to maintain the secret, also working her way up in this company, sort of having this relationship with this much younger guy who also doesn't know her real age. But then there's also this very age-appropriate publisher who, like, is also interesting to her. So it's just really fun to watch through it and actually finally finish the show. I think it does expose a very real part of ageism. Yeah. So how, how many, it's like five seasons of Younger? Is she still getting away with being in her early, like, or I guess early 30s at this point? I don't want to give it away, but like, okay. it sort of happens in stages where like different people find out at different times. Okay. Obviously, everyone has very different reactions to it because, I mean, she is lying to them. She has a secret daughter and she has this whole other life, like that she was a housewife in New Jersey mm-hmm. and she's just pretending to be like this like young, unattached woman in the city. And so I'm like, on the one hand, is it that big of a scandal? Like, because women, we're in LA, women lie about their age every day of the week. That's not yeah. a TV show. That's life. I know. I think sometimes I've seen the reactions from the show. I'm like, I don't know how I would react if I found out like, someone I was very close with just happened to be double their age. Like, I don't know. I'm sure it's a much bigger issue to like about lying to her boyfriend about this versus like, I think if I met someone who I assumed was my age and it turns out they were 40, I would give them a round of applause for being like, (laughs) wow, I had no idea. Yeah. I mean, it's Played by the very beautiful Sutton Foster. Yes. It's fun. Check it out. But Jillian, what are you reading? So I have read a book recently that is very in the Pemberley podcast wheelhouse that uh, people should check out. It's a YA. It's part of a whole book series, actually. I just hmm. um, read the first one that came out recently called Pride and Premeditation by Terza Price. And it's basically a, a reimagining of Pride and Prejudice. In this book, she's like 17 years old. And I'm like, yeah. isn't she just 19? Yeah. And like the real Pride <laughs> and Prejudice, it's only two years. But um, her father has his own law practice and she wants to be a lawyer just like him. She does a lot of clerical work for him around the office. She could run it inside and out. And, and Collins is more like this bumbling associate who works <laughs> for him. And her friend Charlotte is kind of like their secretary. And there's been a murder. So in <laughs> the real... Pride and Prejudice, um, Mr. Bingley has two sisters, Caroline, who's unmarried, 
and an older one. And so in Pride and Premeditation, Mr. Hurst has been murdered. And they suspect one Charles Bingley as being the murderer. Our young Elizabeth gets some information and is like, I don't think this guy did it. I'm going to prove his innocence and prove that I can be a good lawyer. Wow. And so she kind of goes on this case. And of course... Bingley's closest friend Darcy over at Pemberley and Associates is a <laughs> fancy lawyer. And he's like, what are you doing? I know how to run my stuff. I know how to like get my friend out of prison. And they clash a great deal. But they're basically solving for who the real murderer is. Oh, and wow. it's okay. a good ride. Good ride. If anyone has seen Enola Holmes on Netflix, okay. it's kind of like that vibe. Cool. So with that, let's dive into Incense and Sensibility. Previously in chapters 7 through 9, Yush is beginning to realize how serious Nina is taking this fake relationship. He also finally seeks help from India, but runs away when things get serious, and he's realizing his control issues. (laughs) I mean, first step in the journey of a thousand miles, you know? (laughs) Yeah, he's got a long way to go. We got so much of Yush in the past, in the last episode. So now we are shifting gears into more of India's world and what she's dealing with. And in chapter 10, we really just jump right into China and Song, which we know that they've been together. They got together after meeting on Cooking with the Stars, where China was the producer, Song was the celebrity. But now they are very much together. They're very smitten. India finds them on the couch making out and they just can't keep their hands off each other. I love that they call each other puppy and kitten. That is (laughs) Excessively cute. Yes, so they're very much like in this honeymoon phase where like they're just very in love and India's like, cool, love that you're here on a Monday morning. (laughs) She's an international pop star, so I don't know where she needs to be, Mm -hmm. but you, China, have a job and you should be somewhere. So she's very subtly being like, shouldn't you be at work where you had a very important assignment today? It sort of jolts her awake of like, oh, right, like work. I I forgot to call in sick or whatever. And she doesn't think like, oh, I need to make it to work. She's like, oh, right, I forgot to make the excuse and call it in. It is very unlike China to do something like this, we find out. She's someone who has also been just very career driven and focused and isn't someone who would like, who would like let something like this slip by. So it's very surprising to India. And even though India's like, well, I'm glad you also are building a personal life and have a life outside of work because her life has been work too. She can't be mad, but she's also like, but also don't throw away everything you've been working toward. Something that we as a society should talk about more <laughs> when, like when it comes to dating, at least, I mean, it's. Everyone's sort of going to like encounter someone that they're just head over heels crazy for that. It's real where you really like neglect your job and your other, you forget that you have other friends and Mm. family members that you need to take care of and pay attention to because that was a big part of your life before. I feel like it's always a warning sign when this new person takes over your whole brain Mm. They're not for you. Like, it's possible to still be very excited about someone who's right for you and still make the time for them. Sense and sensibility. How, like, India is Eleanor and China is Marianne, who is much more wears her heart on her sleeve. She wants passion. She wants romance. She loves poetry. She loves, like, being, like, acting out funny scenarios with her friends and her sisters. 
And the fact that she's like neglecting everything that she loves, including her career, is concerning to me. Yeah, I mean, if we want to dive further into the comparison, like you think about um, the Emma Thompson adaptation where like you see Kate Winslet, Marianne, like rushing and running into the carriage and like they go off with Willoughby and people are like, are they together together? Like this is also scandalous. So for China to be disregarding her responsibilities, they're like, you know, you still have work, right? Yeah. Like you still have responsibilities. Definitely take the day off if you want to every now and then. I think yeah. it's a good thing. But to forget to even lie about why you're not <laughs> coming in yeah. is a big red flag to me. Yeah. India goes up. She's like, all right, I'm going to go check on mom because you guys are a lot. Um <laughs> And Tara's upstairs. She's like going through all their childhood sweaters. She's like, yeah, I'm just going to like take them apart and, and knit a quilt out of all of them, which I'm like, oh, that's very nice. It's excessively so, cute. Yeah. <laughs> At first, India's like, but my sweaters. I'm like, you're not going to wear them again. No. So the the quilt is a much nicer idea. Yes. Um, but she tells her like, yeah, so it seems like China just forgot to go to work. I think that's where even Tara's like, wait, I thought like she had work off. So India definitely feels justified in trying to push that on China to be like, hey, don't forget about work. So I think they're both a little cautiously concerned about what this is doing to China Mm -hmm. of like just taking over her entire mind (laughs) and taking over all her priorities. So I think they're both like happy for her and glad that song is around, but it's going to get to a certain point where it's like going to be too much. And it's not quite there yet, but it's nearly there. I think it's especially hard being that China is someone who just obsessively prioritizes work. What are you going to say? I don't like seeing you happy. Song is so far a really good partner. She's a good person to China. Like she hasn't done anything wrong. She's just... I think she's very beautiful and very exciting and she's got this very cool job that she does and it's easy to get wrapped up in something like that. Like, I, I almost feel like she's like a walking romance novel, you yeah. know? Like, it's hard to ignore something that glamorous when you've just been like, knee deep in work because the actual act of working in television not often glamorous (laughs) (laughs) they just make it look glamorous yeah i think they're both just very in the moment right now Mm -hmm. and song is just having a lot of fun and china is also just like i can't believe i'm with song so i think they're just both very like in this cloud nine mentality it's not really like said but i'm also wondering if there's this mentality in china's head of like I can't believe Song is with me. I think so. I think that that's a big factor of it where you mentioned like she was obsessed with work and I think she kind of dives into these obsessions head first. And she really just like lets her whole life get wrapped around something. Mm -hmm. Before it was Cooking with the Stars and building up that show and right now it's Song. And so I think she's like fully invested her heart, her emotions and everything into Song right now. She's kind of forgetting a little bit about everything else. It feels like right now we're really setting up China for a really bad heartbreak. (laughs) Yes, I mean, obviously we, kind of a spoiler alert, but not, I mean, we don't know what happens in the book, but what happens in Sense and Sensibility is, you know, she falls very in love with Willoughby. I mean, honestly, as far as what I think is very interesting about the Willoughby character is, I I think he also is very in love with Marianne. It's just, he's put in this position 
where he has to marry a woman of fortune. Otherwise, because yeah. he, he gets his money from his aunt and she's going to cut him off if she if he doesn't marry like a class appropriate woman. Yeah. So he doesn't want to leave her, but he has to. And he the way that he like sucks is he's very cold about it. And he is very like, I'm sorry, this was fun, but I don't really love you and I'm going to go now. And then we learn... Plenty of other shady things about him because we see him later and he's married to some rich woman. But we also learn, I mean, this is getting way ahead of ourselves, but I'm curious to see if this is all going to translate in the book. Later on in Sense and Sensibility, we find out that Colonel Brandon has been desperately trying to locate his ward, the woman he always loved, had a child with someone else, and then she died. And so he's been taking care of her and he finally finds her pregnant by Willoughby. Hmm. So I'm wondering if that level of drama is going to carry out through the whole thing. Because as far as I can tell, this is my prediction. I mean, Song, like I said, international pop star. It's very possible that she's going to be like, I love you. I don't want to leave you, but I got this career and I'm choosing that over you. I feel like there's like two subtle hints where her financial situation isn't what we assume it to be. One is that India's like, doesn't she have like a fancy home she should be at? Like, why is she here? The other is like the fact that she did Cooking with the Stars which is like supposedly for maybe B or C list celebrities. Yeah. If she's supposedly like a very successful star, why would she need to do a show like that? Good point. So I feel like right now, if she has all this free time, why does she have this free time? That's a good point. I forgot about that. Back to China being wishy-washy about her schedule. Yeah. It's not a great time to check out because India has now got to work overtime to take care of mom. So yeah. here's something we find out. She's like basically just learned that she has hepatitis C, which is like treatable, but it's something that you really need to like pay attention to. Tara canceled her doctor's appointment because she canceled her health insurance because the studio has been struggling financially. And of course, Tara has not informed India about any of this. India has already taken up so much responsibility financially with the family. And she's already doing so much with like consulting and the studio and all these retreats and like to add another layer of like, here's another thing you need to be respond or like help me out with. She didn't want to burden her daughter with that. Mm-hmm. It's sadly like the incense business, like I think they said Whole Foods just didn't renew their contract because they're like getting it from somewhere way cheaper. That income isn't coming through anymore. So India's happy to, of course, she's like, I'm, of course I'm going to help you, mom. Like I'm going to be there for you. Like you shouldn't have done that. We'll figure it out. We'll work through it together. And I'm like, India's a great daughter. She's taking on a lot. She's also not going to burden China with this either. So it's like another thing that she's taking on. And yeah trying to care for so she's got a lot of responsibilities that she's balancing and she's you know the oldest responsible daughter so yeah. like i'm almost like of course it's falling to her <laughs> yeah. i don't know if anyone else is on eldest daughter tiktok but <laughs> yes. it's, a, it's a tough job <laughs> yeah yeah into chapter 11 on the other side of the income bracket mm-hmm. where you have india who's really struggling right now or figuring things out Yash is at his gazebo on the family estate in a very, like, luxurious place. But he's working through a lot, too. You know, comes from the privileged Rajay family. However, wouldn't trade my life for his in a second. Right. Not for one, (laughs) not for 60 seconds, even. It just, he's dealing with a lot. Yeah. I imagine the inside of his head is being, like, a pressure cooker. Yeah. And it just keeps doing that. Yeah. He doesn't hit the steam release button ever. So he's sitting in this gazebo 
running away from his responsibilities. Yeah. Um, there's supposedly like this really big meeting with all his whole team of like all hands on deck. We need to talk about the campaign and all the rallies and everything since it's crunch time. But he just wants to get away from it all. And the gazebo in particular is such a key place for him because that's where he had conversations that one magical night with India Dashwood. Oh. So now we sort of flash back to when he and India met, which was around Nisha's wedding and all those festivities. So they met there. He was like immediately just like love at first sight with her. Um, she was like super strong and could, could pick up this like heavy box effortlessly. And he was like, oh my God, she's so strong. I do she- love that Yush loves a strong independent yeah. woman. <laughs> Makes me happy that that's his type. Yeah. She has like a little bit of a wardrobe malfunction where like her halter top straps come loose. And so she like rushes into the bathroom and she needs help. So he goes to find like a safety pin and he puts it together. I also love that he's like very aware. He's like, okay, she's in a vulnerable moment. I don't want her to feel uncomfortable. I'm going to do this quickly and like just make sure she's like secure and everything. So Love that he's very aware of that. Yes. What I also love about that moment is, you know, Yush, I did call him at some point a cyborg. (laughs) And I don't think I'm wrong for calling him that. But I do love moments of like that. I think it shows he has a great deal of empathy for people because he can't relate to having a wardrobe malfunction. He's a man in a suit. They're designed not to (laughs) malfunction. It's rare to find guys who are like, oh, I wonder how she's feeling, you know? And the fact that he just met her and he's trying to help her out and... He's, like, very conscious of, like, how embarrassed she is. And, like, I think that's a great moment to really show, like, one of his better sides. I will say this reminds me of a trend on TikTok where it's, like, real-life men who seem like they're written by women. Yep. (laughs) Obviously, this is a man written by a woman. Mm -hmm. So, yes, he is more aware of these things. But, you know, he also grew up with sisters. So maybe that's why he's also more aware. Hi, everyone. Are you under 30? Do you love Jane Austen? Do you love film? Do you live in North America? Our stats point to yes. You should enter the Jasna Southwest Young Filmmakers Contest. Create your own five minute or less short film inspired by Jane Austen. We have an amazing panel of judges, including Amy Heckerling, who directed Clueless. Oh my gosh, love that movie. Gurinder Chada, who directed Bennett Like Beckham and Bride and Prejudice. Are you kidding me? Laura Rister, producer of Mr. Malcolm's List. Almost made it to set. Suzanne Elaine, who wrote Mr. Malcolm's List. Phenomenal guest. Sonali Dev, author of Incense and Sensibility and Recipe for Persuasion. One of the best authors out there. And Ty Burr, film critic at the Boston Globe. Love Boston. The deadline to enter is October 1st, 2021. You can get more details about the contest and prizes at jasnasw.com. Now, back to the episode. So it sounds like, I mean, they just sort of like met at this wedding. He was 28. She was probably like a few years younger. And they just kind of have like a magical 24 hours together and like a connection and a spark. A gazebo is like top 10 most romantic places to have romance. Yeah. <laughs> like if you want to have a conversation, anyone who's struggling to tell their crush that they like them, just go to a gazebo. It'll make <laughs> anything romantic. So yeah, they spend all night just talking and holding hands, which Yash actually says this was the first time he's like romantically held hands with someone. So like you can see like just where he's at in his life of just never really thinking about making the time for those kinds of things. At the end of the night, it's like really like early morning um, when they finally say goodbye. Like he wants to kiss her, but he's like doesn't want, he like doesn't want to like 
force that or anything, but he like wants to. So they'd agree to like meet back at the gazebo and he says, you'll come, right? And she says, I'll try my best. Mm. And so then like the next day, they're also together again for a long time and they talk and then they finally kiss and like she kisses him and they have like all this another great magical evening together or today, like a day together. Then it's like time for them to part ways again. And this time she says the same words to him of like, you'll come, right? Like, because now he's going to be going off to Shreepur because Nisha's wedding festivities are going to continue in India. They have to go over there. He'll eventually come back. And so she's like, you'll come like back, right? And then he says, I'll try my best. But I think he already knows that that's not going to happen. Uh, hate him. Went yeah. from liking him to hating <laughs> him. We, we hate a man who's not upfront about his intentions. I know. So at that point, it just says he'd never gone. He'd never called her. This is also not great on Yasha's part because here's this really great person who he meets. They have this instant connection and it feels like he was able to very easily talk through so many deep topics with her just about life and career and family and everything. The next thing that she knows is that he's with someone else. And so that hurts. That's literally the last time they saw each other. It was like this one intimate day, but that's all it was. And they've been holding on to that one day for so long. Well, it feels like it was very important to both of them. I mean, we learned in one of the last chapters that like Yash has had a really difficult time being physically and emotionally intimate with like a partner. And it it honestly sounds like this is kind of, I don't want to say like his version of a one night stand, but like this is really like his version. It it kind of feels like a Bollywood movie where like there's not a lot of touching, there's not even like a lot of kissing, but like... Just, like, that really deep emotional intimacy. Like, obviously, she's very easy to open up to. It's not hard to talk to her at all. And they hold hands. And they kiss. And there's a gazebo. <laughs> and then he goes away knowing he won't come back to her. It's very... If, if anyone has seen um, Before Sunrise. Have you seen that movie? No. It's a great movie. It's, like, Ethan Hawke's first movie. Okay. G- Julie Delpy, where... I mean, this is in the 90s. And it's basically just... It's kind of plotless. It's just boy and a girl meet on a train in Vienna. She's like going to some other country to fly to meet her grandmother or her Mm. friend or something. And he convinces her to get off the train and spend the day with him in Vienna. And it's just like 24 hours of them walking around the city, talking, falling in love. And then at the end, you know, they're like, oh, shoot, we, we, we need to see each other again. And so basically they agree to meet a year from that day at the same train wow. station. We don't see what happens. This is different <laughs> from that, but it reminds me of that. Just like the whole only needing a day to really like connect like that. Right. Yeah, there are a lot of movies like us in that same vein. And it's always nice to see. I think a lot of them just leave off like, and then we'll never know what happened. <laughs> but here, like we do know. And it's the fact that he didn't call her for 10 years. Yeah. I do like. Well, because he's friends. He's related to her best friends. Yeah. You know? I think, like, he almost kind of figured, like, I'll see her eventually. Maybe because, like, they are in similar circles, but they just, they've never crossed paths. Obviously, shortly after that, he decided to enter into the fake relationship with Nina. Yeah. And that's 
probably what contributed to him not reaching out to her after yeah, that. Yeah. But I'm curious what happened between, or maybe it already happened. Maybe he already had the agreement with Nina and he's like, it can't go beyond this romantic night. Otherwise I'm going to want to be with her. Maybe. Um, I did like this line on page 151. He says, even the enormity of what had happened in this gazebo with India had been no match for his focus because 24 hours did not define you. And then he thinks to himself, an hour with her just redefined you. <laughs> so <laughs> so it's like all those feelings again of that gazebo and those moments are rushing back to both of them in different ways. So being together, even having to maintain this professional sort of working relationship of her being the yoga therapist, him being the patient is going to be really tricky to navigate. So then at this point, Nisha comes out and she's like, we're waiting for you, man. (laughs) Are you going to like do this? What are you? And I think he finally is able to admit to himself and out loud to Nisha, like, I'm not ready yet. Like, I just need a few more days. Even though they've canceled the last, like, two weeks of appearances, it's still, like, he's not there yet. So, so what? I cancel yeah. all of them. You I know. know. <laughs> just cancel. Like, I almost feel like he would just wants to be like, just cancel everything until the election. Like, why not? Well, I think what really sucks about I mean, I'd be so curious to know what it's like to really campaign for a big office like governor of California. Your whole job is being seen. Your whole job is meeting people and making promises and shaking hands and kissing babies. And like, it's not like he can do other work outside of meeting people. Meeting people is the job. Yeah. And I understand, like, on the one hand, we're like, yeah, you need to take care of yourself, man. But... It's just like not going to work at all for several weeks. Yeah. And that's really hard, especially when his numbers are so good. I mean, you don't want to lose momentum like that. They at least agree to like take a step back still for a few more days. He has to put out a statement and especially like asking people to pray for Abdul because that's still top of mind. He should have woken up already, but he's still in the hospital. But at this point, Yash is like, you know what? Even though I ran away from the from the therapy that India was leading me through, I really need that. So he's like, I just need to get away. And he wants to get away to the yoga studio, which he cannot go alone. He has to go with Brandy. I love you, Brandy. (laughs) And even Brandy's like, the yoga studio is a public place. (laughs) So so, Don't trust it. Don't trust anyone around it. Yeah. Obviously, they have like a very professional like security and politician relationship. But he tries to like talk to her. He does find out that she has a daughter um, and Mm. that like she's like the daughter is like texting her because mainly Brandy is nervous that the daughter is asking a boy out to homecoming. And so they're like Brandy is nervous about it. But the daughter's very like I got this. Um, <laughs> That's amazing. So Yash is trying to be like, oh, so is this like your wife or your girlfriend or like what's going on? And we do get that information where Brandy's significant other had actually passed away two years ago. Mm. And this is her daughter. So she's essentially caring for her significant other's daughter and like as her own and yeah. raising her as her own. That's amazing. So it's this big plot point. So even though we have sort of assumed that Brandy is Colonel Brandon, 
uh, this is just confirmation that. Yes. Well, it's funny. I don't even think we were recording last last time we did the first episodes. I was like, who's going to be Colonel Brandon? In the 1995 Sense and Sensibility film, Colonel Brandon is played by Alan Rickman, who is just like so incredible and like very romantic. And I've just been very invested in who that character is. Yeah. And uh, how did I know? I think I was just like, oh, Brandy. Brandy. Brandon. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> I just like made that whim, yeah. whim connection. Turns out I was right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm glad we know who Colonel Brandon. I mean, I already like Brandy because she takes her job like entirely too seriously. Yep. <laughs> which is given that other like saving people's lives is her job. I love that she takes that seriously. Yeah. And the fact that she's raising her passed away girlfriend's daughter is like amazing. You know, yeah. it also makes her like so human. Yeah. And like they were going to get married, but then that yeah. sadly happened. Yeah. So we're starting to get to know a little bit more behind just the hard brandy security yeah. tackling people down. So um, she's got a daughter who wants to ask someone to homecoming. Yeah. Like, oh, so in chapter 12, we're back to India's point of view. China is like a little bit upset. She's like, why can't you just be happy for me? But not really. She sees her sister India as like someone who has it all together. Yeah. Who is just like effortlessly chic and beautiful and everything. And she just like tries so hard to be that. Or like yeah. that's how she feels. But, you know, India just doesn't want China to throw away all her hard work. It's just sisterly concern for that. She's not just trying to be like, you can't just like drop everything. So. Well, and I think China doesn't think she's doing anything wrong. No. She's like, I yeah. I have a girlfriend. How dare you not be, you know, I think she's seeing it as like a personal attack or an attack yeah. on the song, which it isn't. It's an attack on the fact that she's acting differently. Yeah. And she doesn't <laughs> see it that way. So song shows up. I guess this is now like her second home in a way, but she shows up after a workout. She has like a super sore shoulder that India helps her out to like stretch and heal. And so we see more of like her techniques in action. Uh, the doorbell rings and yet another unannounced guest shows up, um, which is Yush, obviously. He should learn to make an appointment. We've talked about this. We've <laughs> talked about the fact that cell phones are doing pretty, they're pretty hot right now. Yeah. <laughs> Text, call, anything. Yeah, so even though India has a week off, like, yes, her schedule is open. Uh, she's also like, I would have dropped everything anyways <laughs> to like make sure he could come in and, and be here. Especially after the last time Brandy was here. Uh, China isn't on the best of terms with Brandy. So uh, mm -hmm. they very much so clash because Brandy's like, I need to secure the premises. I, I know. <laughs> I love that this has become an enemies to lovers. I know. And China's like, you are not going to get past me at all. I'm here for it. But yeah, so even China's like, this isn't an episode of Homeland. Like, what's going on with you? So, you know, Brandy takes her job very seriously and China's like, chill. We kind of conclude on India. It's weird because I feel like they've had 20 conversations about how she's going to help him. Yeah. But I feel <laughs> like now we've somehow had the first real conversation about yeah. she's like, yes. I will help you. I will take this on despite our personal history, despite the fact that you left during, I mean, it was, it was a very casual session. She yeah. didn't even, he even tried to pay her and she was like, we just had a conversation, nothing to charge for. I know. Um, but she has agreed to take him on a professional capacity, not 
because it's going to help the man that she once loved and might still love, but because she's going to help California for this. Yeah. He's got her vote (laughs) and now he's got her business. She's very aware of the fact she's like, yeah, we may have like our own weird personal history, but this is for the betterment of our state. (laughs) So uh, I think she realizes like there's more at stake here in in helping him get through this and, and work through it and heal. I will say, I hope she revisits the whole uh, having him pay deal, <laughs> since uh, that would be really helpful right now. <laughs> yeah, and if, uh, don't give him discounts. Yeah. Don't do that thing where rich people get stuff for free. No. Make him pay double, triple, especially since I think he is a lot. I he's think, a lot. And I think he wouldn't mind paying. Like, he's made it known. Like, he's he like, wants no, to. I want to pay. So if she just happens to put that back on the table, he wouldn't be like, but you said it was free. Like, he wouldn't do that. No, I think it was just the last time he showed up unexpectedly. It was not a formal session. He was just kind of talking to her about, what was he talking to her about? He was just trying to get a sense of like, what's wrong with me? And she was like- I think it was like a consultation. Yeah. Like an informal consultation. He just sort of showed up and she's like, why don't you, I think she was like, okay. This, this one's going to be a lot. Yeah. <laughs> Breathe with me. Yeah. Let me ask you some questions. I, I think she really saw it that way. So I, I hope that he pays enough to, because uh, let's see, we've got debt to pay off from remodeling the yoga studio. Yep. We got hep C treatments. We got to pay for health insurance. We just, we got to make that happen. There's a lot that they have on their plate. Help your constituents. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So now we're hopefully going to finally see these two work together and see Yash make progress. Hopefully, China takes things a little more slowly. Slower. Um, I don't think she will, but, uh, you know, we're just going to have to see how things pan out for her. Uh, I think we will, because we've got a lot more book to read. (laughs) 